everybody. It's the what's the name of size sleep matters cast. <laughs> size matters. Well, I almost said giant giant bomb cast, which is not that's a video game podcast. Really? Um, I mean, one not part of that run by us. Um, but yeah, this is episode thirty-one. Uh, recorded. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna start saying the recording day instead of the day that I expect to post it because I never write on that. Um, recording on <laughs> June twenty fifth, twenty twenty. Um, no, we're not. It's like twenty years in the future. I hope not. Jeez. We time travel. No, I'm pretty sure. So I hope. I'm pretty sure the way this year is going, it's gonna be done before twenty twenty is over. So there's no more future. Mm. No more internet. <laughs> well, the Mayans uh, people are saying that it wasn't twenty twelve; it was twenty twenty. So sure that sure yeah. And by the um, fact that time travelers have not come back to fix this shit, we know that time is gonna end soon. If the Mayans were so smart about knowing when their oh, uh, the world was going to end, why aren't they still around, huh? Huh? Well, obviously I ate them. Oh. So well, that's Kensen eating ancient civilizations. Kensen the conquistador. Kensen, you should... I mean, they're crunchy and good with ketchup. What can I say? Quit voring and... entire civilizations. <laughs> No, it's not ketchup. It's a. Uh, it's the um, ugh. In every Mexican restaurant you go to, that hot sauce. The uh, I can't remember what it's called. Salsa. I ruined the joke. Yeah. Well, there's a pepper sauce. No, there's like a brand of hot sauce that's like in every Mexican restaurant, at least on the East Coast. You're not Valentina. on the East Coast. I can't remember. Anyway, I killed the joke. What kind of Mexican hot sauce do they serve in your restaurants, Benny Tiger? I'm in Ohio. You think I go for Mexican restaurants in Ohio? Well, what about when you were hey, in man. California? Uh, when I was in California, there's usually a red pepper sauce. I, I want to. I don't know the brand. I know mm. what he's talking about. It's like El Tapatino or it, something like that. See, I, I oh, don't yeah, think yeah. of like Mexican restaurants as having consistent um, hot sauces. I, I think of like Chinese restaurants as always having that that one the sriracha Kiko sauce um, that oh, has yeah, like the, the rooster on it. Yeah. But but, but yeah, like, Mexicans Mexican restaurants tend to not be. Consistent. I'm Kwandu Bashir, your host. Hi. <laughs> I'm Kenson Shimobi, the Lord of Ken- the Lord of Tangents and Spots. Uh, I'm Benny Tiger, and, this is... and I quickly consulted Google, and it's either Tapatio or Cholula were the two uh, brands I saw most. Yeah, Cholula is pretty common. Yeah, Cholula. I mean Tabasco and also obviously Valentina. is common, but I mean, I think the other one is Valentina, but whatever. Yeah, but it's like uh, I don't, I don't. Where I am right now, I don't go out for ethnic food. I mean, we have we have a sushi place in the little tiny rural town I'm at, and it's not bad. Ugh, but it's not like I miss sushi. It's not like when I was living out on the West Coast, where it was really, 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 really good sushi. You know. True. Fair. I miss sushi so much. At least I found a good burrito place here. It's not quite California burritos, but it's it's close. The people that are from California that moved to Kentucky. So they make kind of California style, like San Diego style burritos. Nice. And they're really yeah. nice. I mean, that's the best. As much to find someone that's moved as in much, there. Yeah. As much as I would love to continue talking about food and the fact that I've not had dinner is only making that stronger, uh, <laughs> that is not the topic today. Well, so it's been Maybe a while time. since we've recorded. Uh, not quite as uh, long as. You folks out there in the listener land may have been since you've heard our voices since it took like forever to post. And there's been a lot of uh, things that been a lot of things happening. Sorry. 
uh, <laughs> in that in that time uh, in the world and in the community, yeah. macro micro furry community. Um, obviously, the pandemic has put a crimp on kind of all of our schedules and all of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the last month or so, the uh, protests around the country and around the world, really, uh, in recognition of the Black Lives Matter movement have been, um, you know, a significant factor and drawn a lot of attention to causes that had gone overlooked for, I guess, for too long. Um, Way too long. Way yeah. too long. So oh we're going to talk a bit about this stuff here today. I mean, that's kind of it, mm-hmm. it's. I feel like we need to address this because it does affect our community, both both the the more so the 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 Black Lives Matter stuff. I think that's affected our community. Obviously, COVID has affected everything, but everyone listens to, yeah. you know, everyone has been talked about that forever. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so if you don't want to listen to a more serious topic, maybe you know it's it's up to you. You, you can listen yeah. to us. You can choose not to, but but that's. It's a fair warning that we're going to be more serious today. Well, yeah, and to, yes, to borrow the very to, to borrow the the size related reference, the elephant in the room, you know, a lot of things, <laughs> a lot of things have changed, and we're just kind of catching up and getting back together too. And so yeah, there yeah. would there so, would be no way we wouldn't go off topic, so we might as well just go off topic as a podcast. Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, uh, even though as a podcast we are centered around you know macro micro content, obviously we love all of you guys, but people of color are in the fandom, and we love every single one of you. And the things that are happening in the world right now are far more important than this kind of bubble of ours, and we felt it was necessary to kind of address that. So, it- like Quandry said, if you want to tune out. You know, it's interesting you say the, the bubble of ours, because I, I look at it as kind of a separate way, like earlier, what was going on with the whole Nazi furs fuck off. Uh, it's sort mm-hmm. of like, oh my gosh. if I can clean the little tiny house that I care about, at least I have the thought of I have a chance of affecting larger change. Uh, and so it's been, you mm-hmm. know, from at least from the online, if you follow the very stuff going on since everyone's locked at home. Uh, a Black Lives Matter ripped through the fur community, at least on my social feeds, all over the place. Lots oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a lot yeah, of organization. Yeah. It was wonderful to see. Wonderful to be able to partic- yes. participate and help as much as I could. Because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, otherwise I'm stuck at home because I'm one of the folks that COVID would probably kill. And so it's 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 mm-hmm. very interesting yeah. to Don't. watch and participate with. And I think a big part of why it's been so important within the fandom is that um, furry is by necessity a diverse and oh, yeah. non um, non standard not- community? Not you know it's it's one yeah. that I mean obviously a lot of furries uh, are white, uh, a lot of furries are straight, a lot of furries are men, but if we can't also be a place that can welcome people of color, furries of color. Uh, as well Absolutely. as you know, um, as every everyone across the spectrum, as far as uh, how they identify, how their their gender identity, their uh, their racial uh, background, 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, if that can't be a welcoming space, then you know, like, what are we doing? What what what's the whole point of the community? You know, obviously we're fans of anthropomorphic content, but mm-hmm. we are that because of how it lets us express ourselves. And, right. and well, go ahead, yeah. Sorry, it's just it's extremely powerful. The relationships, the uh, connectivity, and just the camaraderie that is felt by pretty much every furry, either when they first find out about the fandom or when they first begin to open up to it in, in any way, shape, or form. It is a community of people who are full of acceptance. There is not meant to be uh, closed-mindedness, per se, um, within the fandom. And it's, it's wonderful to see that so many people have come together. And yeah, we all love anthropomorphic animals. Sure, that's like the, the crux of it. But it's so much more than that because it's a place where people can go. People who have maybe felt outcasted in some way, shape, or form. Um, I know personally, I felt outcasted for a long time in my life and when I found the fandom that sense of acceptance was so important to me and it's been a part of me it's been like a part of my core this whole time and that goes for everybody and the Black Lives Matter movement it doesn't make sense that the furry fandom and the Black Lives Matter movement should be you know separated and obviously it's not and that within that same mindset and with within that same sense of camaraderie and acceptance and and love above all it's extremely important to take a step back and just realize what's truly important in the world because yeah we're all nerds yeah we all have this love and and this thing that we do but we're all a part of the world and things are changing rapidly right now in front of our eyes like we we are witnessing history right now and we have a real chance to do something and it's we might not get another chance like this for a while so it's very important to keep that in mind to think about the perspectives of other people within the fandom because sometimes it can be easy to kind of block yourself away from different perspectives but it, it now more than ever it is so important to be empathetic and think about the perspectives of people, uh, people of color who are, who have been oppressed by the police, by uh, white supremacy, and all of this stuff. It's it's extremely important, and that should be at the forefront of of the thinking at this point. Um, I know conventions aren't happening because of coronavirus, mm-hmm. but if they were, I I don't have any doubt that there would be so much support because it's it's virtual because everyone's staying at home. It's mostly virtual, but the people who are also going to the protests physically are heroes. Like, they are heroes. They're purposely putting themselves in the line of fire, literally, because of the the rubber pellets and all the shit that they're getting fired at them. But they're heroes. And that, it's just so, I feel like I'm going in circles, but it's so important. And I, I can't express how how vindicated uh, it makes me feel. Because obviously I'm not a person of color myself. But I am so on board with taking care of, of everyone. Because I love everyone. And it's just great to see that things are changing. And really changing. And that there's such an outcry for this. 
and I think a lot of people out there um, would, you know, would feel similar to that and feel that, you know, this is the issue of our times. Um, and yes. Yes. we can't afford to ignore it. I, I, I know some people out there in chat rooms or, or just the fur community at large might be, you know, trying to say, oh, that doesn't belong here. This is not a place for, for politics or for, <laughs> you know, drama. If they quit, they try to phrase it, it as is that. Um, it, it always has been. I mean, and, and they just want yeah. well, but and people just say that they just want to focus on, you know, being, you know, friends with each other and be furry friends. But if you're a person of color out there, you don't have that ability to live in a world that you can just ignore this aspect. You know, if you're going right. to a park for a furry meet, yeah, and there are some people that are still doing meets, it's like in parks and stuff now, but but even yeah, yeah. before, you know, before COVID, um, if you're going out there, you know, you, you might be uh, targeted or identified as being an outlier by police and and be harassed in a way that your your white furry friends aren't um and mm -hmm. so that's why it is important for all of us to be aware of that and to spread that awareness and um and really make this a a change that we can all um you know push for right yeah and it's at this point tolerance is unacceptable and like this might sound like a cliche statement, but the whole if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. That's really what it boils down to, because if you and I'm not trying to like, I mean, there is a sense of harshness to it and I'm not trying to like spit venom, but I'm just trying to get to the severity of things because it has gone unchecked for so long. And it has got, it's gotten to the point where it just can't be ignored anymore. The fact that these problems have been culminating, the fact that there is so much corruption and evil and hatred is because it's been put on the back burner for so long. People have decided to keep politics out of it, etc., etc. Racial issues have been a problem that humans have struggled with for hundreds of years, thousands of years. It's always been a thing. And we stand at the precipice. We're at the cusp. Our generation could be the generation to start to change those tides. It's not going to happen overnight, obviously. Nothing happens overnight. But if we can change the way that humans as a whole look at this once and for all, it's not just put on the back burner. It's not something that we just ignore anymore. We actually take a stand and say, this is a problem. We need to fix it then things will change. And it's, you know, in order to fix any problem, the first step, very first step, is to accept and acknowledge that there is a problem. And so many people have tried to ignore it, or people who are in seats of power, white people, who have used and abused, you know, power, seats of power, etc., to get what they want, and it, it is evil. It's truly evil, and it can come to an end. And that's the important thing. That This isn't something that we have to accept. This isn't something that we have to tolerate anymore. We, as loving individuals, we as people who understand that human rights are human rights. Period. It's not something that can be taken away even though people try to. It's something that needs to be fought for. And we, the people who think like that, 
can be the majority as a whole. And this can be overthrown. A lot of people are trying to be like, oh, the only thing this is going to do is cause violence and, and people are going to get hurt. People are, there's going to be fatalities, etc. That's not what's important. It, what's important is the fact that a stand is being made and <laughs> the whole all lives matter thing. Don't even get me started. The people who are using all lives matter to dodge the point has been frustrating me personally and a lot of other people for a long time. You have to understand that the point is that there are people who are targeted like they're villains or like right. that they are being outed. Well, and all lives matter is kind of painting a, uh, what is it called? A scarecrow uh, argument yeah, or whatever like where yes, straw man. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. It's a yeah. false, um, it's a false where, equivalency because you know, right. It's like mm -hmm. it's like this. A couple weeks ago, I, I I saw a joke go by, and it's very accurate. So, so I wonder how many of these all lives matter people wished their father a happy All Parents Matter Day. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like the, yeah. there's a difference yeah. between focus and not. And what you're trying to do is negate the focus, negate the recognition that makes right. you feel uncomfortable. Right. But and at uh, the same to back time, up, to back up on what you were talking sorry. a little bit earlier about. <laughs> about the violence and everything else. That is an argument that I, I heard my grandparents go over of, you know, from Dr. Mm -hmm. King's time of why do you have these marchers? They're going to get so violent and cause so much damage. It's just, they're not the ones starting the shots. They're not the ones doing yeah. the bullets. Yeah. The very first, exactly. you know, I watched as everyone else did the wonderful, uh, the mm -hmm. wonderful uh, state capitol protest in Michigan where people are walking up with AR-15s to say they want to go get a haircut. And then, yes. you know, two weeks later, Bullshit. same area, you're shooting at the protesters that are saying, hey, maybe you shouldn't kill us. And uh, it's, it's, you could not be more obvious in the racism that is systemic there. Uh, and to back up even right. further on, on the comments you were saying of people saying i don't want politics in the fandom it says well first of all uh you're, you're equating politics you know it, to say that someone has a right to exist or to be recognized as a human being is not a political statement exactly uh, what yeah. you Thank what you. you're saying or, or, or if you want to portray that as a political statement then everything is politics and everything exactly. needs to be allowed i mean i mean it's semantics what you call it but it's a means of dodging if you're going yeah. to call that politics if it is political whether or not you believe another human being has a right to exist how they are then there's bigger mm -hmm. issues uh and also yes. uh, yeah. it's probably not worth debating you uh but uh People that say that make me shake my head. Okay, I was here a little earlier than some. I was not the early, early days. Our biggest concern when we first got Anthrocon to Pennsylvania as directors of that convention, and of course it seemed huge to us. It was, you know, we're talking about half a thousand people, which is a party now. But uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're fair. worried. Our biggest concern was that the press were going to show up because we were a heavily queer convention early on. It was very gay, very male. And mm -hmm. people are going to say, look at these fursuits. They're trying to tempt the children in because all these gays are here. Because that would be the kind yeah. of news that would sell. And from day one, we were concerned about that. We were dealing with that. We were the... We were worried about being the group that was going to get kicked out because of that kind of stuff. We've always been worried mm -hmm. about making sure our fandom felt comfortable in being who they are. They didn't call it a safe right. space back then. 
But that's exactly what I did, what we did. And I'm so happy mm-hmm. now, decades later, to go walk the halls at Anthrocon or Midwest or Eurofronts and to see what used yep. to be a very white, very gay convention is a lot more racially diverse, a lot more yeah. uh, uh, gender diverse, a lot more representations so in how the con is enjoyed. So uh, early on, mm-hmm. furry fandom was like 2% fursuiters. Now it's a bigger position. You have many more talented artists and other things. We really have become, yeah. I hate to use the term, a very bohemian, very welcoming crowd and fiercely defensive of that nature, which is what you need. I don't. It's very easy yeah, early. I think Bohemians. Wrong. It's very easy and early th- on to do the us versus them, and I'm good yeah. with whoever's a furry, no matter how kind of questionable their opinions are. And that is kind of why you had people. I hate to use names like Two Griffin be accepted, and later as you get large enough and you have the ability to look around, you're not worried about that we're all going to get right, kicked right. out. You go, who the heck is this person? That starts to happen, and the whole constant drama the constant argument i mean the fandom is nothing but a stream of folks about college age getting into this on a regular basis <laughs> so you're constantly having to teach people what we consider acceptable so people are like why is there always drama there's always gonna be drama you're always gonna because we're figuring stuff out yeah you've got new people constantly whole. you're going to be constantly mm-hmm. telling people hey you need to sleep at every con and you can't just Boundaries. eat alcohol yeah. You know, and and <laughs> yeah. so because of that, I think because of that vibrant debate, that vibrant feeling of self, the fact that we create our own content made us very set up and aware to early on reject things like the fascist groups that started to clump together. You know, if you had only 500 fans and less than a percent of them are going to be hardcore fascists, that's one creepy guy in the room. But when you're at 20,000 fans, there's enough people there to form a Telegram chat and start to attack cons they don't like. And so I think all the process I see ongoing is really healthy, and I'm so glad to see that people are interested in taking action and love to do this and are thinking about things, you know. I, from Mm -hmm. the perspective on the other side, I'm sorry to go all at once, um, I went to college in the southern end of the Shenandoah Valley, which is literally the last vestiges of fuck you. We don't care how much the Civil War burned it down. You didn't defeat a Stonewall Jackson fucking by God, oh, Virginia. Man. But <laughs> I went to a college that was a teacher's college. It was the first all-women's college. So there was this huge population, as humorous as it sounds, of little blue-haired grandma lesbians. So I had this... <laughs> weird dollop of liberal education and queerness and wonderful view that existed in a protected bubble where everyone was very careful where you're surrounded by That's a very awesome. strong conservative christian and let's admit it mm-hmm. little r racist morals all over the place and it's i yep. i'm i know this movement is making progress i realize they're just symbols but to see my college do things like we need to rename the buildings that are named after confederate generals or we need to take statues down. To see that, even to the point where my college is named after James Madison, one of the things that came up in that discussion is, he owned slaves. Are we going to rename the college at this point? And the answer to that was Mm -hmm. kind of, not yet, we're considering it, but we are going to take down everything for the people that actually fomented open rebellion and had slaves. And, and, And so it's, I'm very happy to see progress. I hope it doesn't fizzle out. I hope it is a generational break. Oh, no, no, no. 
cannot. Well, and that's the point, you know, as far as we've come within the furry community as well as overall, we can do better. You oh, know, there's always, still work, always. there's still room to improve. To I mean, one of the, yeah, one of the things <laughs> that um, I've kind of been looking at and have been a little disappointed lately is the lack of people of color in leadership positions among cons yes. and, uh, well, I mean, it's primarily cons. Um, and, and I think part of that is um, because even though you do have more people of color, furries, furries of color in the con spaces, there is still a lot of segregation in those spaces, whether it is self-segregation or not. You know, you have... Um, yeah. I know I've talked to, uh, or I've, I've at least read um, responses from a lot of people of color that, like certain parties and stuff, they just don't feel comfortable going at because they're going to be the only black person there, and, and maybe they, um, you know, they're going to get looks from from people, and that's something that we can do better at. That's something that we can um, intentionally try to put more of these people, put more. Um, more furries of color, more, uh, you know, people of different uh, uh, identities um, in those positions of, of, of leadership so that it can, it's not just words, but it's actually kind of actions there and that they can also put in yes. their um, their perspectives into those, Absolutely. you know, plan, pl the planning for cons and things like that. It's like enriching the fandom as a whole with, with different perspectives is kind of what it's all about. And that you make a very good point with that. And actions are crucial because anyone can say words. Anyone can spout whatever words they want to say off the top of their heads. Words can move people. They have power, but they do not last but a second. They are fleeting. Actions is where things really really um where things really happen and as far as the fandom goes and as far as everything going on in the world with the black lives matter movement and you know the trans right uh, trans rights movements and everything that's been going on with that and human rights as a whole everything that is encompassed under the umbrella of human rights the furry fandom has a pretty big head start we we have the capacity to be at the forefront to spearhead this even if it is just with in our own community but i actually challenge everyone to go past just being within the fandom and apply it to everything because well, that mentality is is important unbelievably and, so and that's the thing it's all connected i mean there's there's, yeah. a, there's a ton of of oh sorry but there's a bunch of um you know, white, gay, cis males out there and a bunch of, you know, trans-exclusionary radical feminists out there who want to make their movement just about that that singular identity, just be gay people, exclude, you know, don't care about the, the, the trans people um, or just be about women's rights, don't care about trans rights. And I mean, I mean, look back at the Stonewall riots in the 60s. It was, mm -hmm. it was a lot of, uh, people of color and a lot of um, transgendered people. people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That were, you know, it wasn't, I mean, there were obviously some 
um, cis, uh, gay, uh, and, and lesbian people that were part of those, those riots. But the ones that really, um, kind of took on the, 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 uh, the main parts of those protests were racial and, uh, gender identity minorities. And, and without their, uh, their sacrifices, we wouldn't be mm -hmm. celebrating pride. We may not even have like a furry community or anything like that because that is all connected. Exactly. You know, it's it, as much as you might want to say um, furries, you know, aren't a just a, a gay thing. I mean, it's it, it is connected. Like you said, Benny, you know, people, it, it's a large part of that of that community. What, what even if it's not the whole part of the community. Yeah, and mm -hmm. and you know, I love that you the I think Kenson or are you hit on the head of you know, moving forward, continuing to do it. it. It's like, for me personally, it's been a lifelong re-examining the things I was taught or I learned and mm -hmm. go back and, and, uh, and work on it. And it's, so it's like, of course you're going to learn and get better. I mean, I went down to the uh, Black Lives uh, Matter rally that was hosted by the NAACP in my town. I expected, you know, a dozen people to show up we had about a thousand people out of a twenty thousand person town, and and I'm in the middle of nice. I'm in the middle of white bread Midwest, and so it's like good. Mm -hmm. This is progress. I was like last week was the first time I found out that Juneteenth had a flag. I knew what Juneteenth was mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. because I, I'm a student of history, and I went back at one point, and I'm still doing it of going back and trying to unlearn all of because I was. I was raised in the whole tradition of the lost cause of the South uh, tradition mm -hmm. where we talk about its states' rights and blah, 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 blah. You talk mostly about the battles because battles are about bravery. You don't talk about motivations or anything like that, uh, you know, right, or right. that the cornerstone speech, you know, where they only reference about 40 or 50 times that the purpose of the entire South is to preserve slavery. You know, it's <laughs> they don't teach that. Gosh. And and they don't teach you mm -hmm. that 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 the lost cause agenda was actually written up by a secretary of the Daughters of the Confederacy in the 1920s, saying we want this in our history books. Mm -hmm. This is how it should work, you know. Or, or that most of the um, the statues that are now thankfully being removed were put up yep. not in the seven the 1860s or 1870s, but in the 1920s or 1930s during the Jim Crow era. Oh, yeah. And then again during the 60s and 70s, the 1960s and 70s, the vast during the, the civil rights era, the, um, as a response to black men and women out there saying, hey, we're humans too, we want to get our rights. You know, they, they were definitely... It's not about just heritage of the South. They were racially motivated. Oh, yeah. And, and so that's why, in addition to the fact that it's just inappropriate to celebrate, uh, you know, slave owners or slave um, uh, traffickers, then, it, you know, it's it's also just inappropriate or it's also appropriate to remove those statues because of the motivation of what put them up in yeah. the first place. Right. And, and actually, th yeah. you know, there's a real shorthand that you can do on this. If the statue is standing in a public square in a town, it's almost without a doubt put up in the 1920s, motivated by race. Al mm -hmm. Almost mm -hmm. all of the statues commemorated by the actual Civil War soldiers themselves, and they're usually plaques, not statues, were placed in graveyards yep. of the dead uh, because that's yeah. what they right. thought was appropriate in the 19th century. 
the other the other thing, of course, is the great shorthand on you. You can tell whether or not a statue is racist. Is you'll see the four horsemen, you'll see the generals of the South, or you'll see uh, Lee and Stonewall. Uh, but if uh, Longstreet is not there, uh, you know it was probably raised later because though Longstreet was uh, sure, uh, was uh, Lee's right hand man, after the war he went. You know, that was a dumb idea. I'm an American. We were in open treason. He refused ever to wear a military uniform again. Uh, and because of that, the South disowned mm-hmm. him. So you'll notice there's no statues for Longstreet. Uh, it, it, there's a wonderful book, if you are interested in this, by uh, Professor Lowen. Uh, he has a series of books, but the one you want is Lies Across America. Uh, he originally wrote mm-hmm. a book about the process of trying to get a balanced history book in the curriculum of Mississippi. Uh, but that would be so nice. Lies Across America is literally a survey of all the historic sites and how they treat race relations. And we're talking about Indian race relations. We're talking about slavery. We're talking about the Civil War. We're talking about, uh, you know, you don't even know that we went over and did horrible, horrible things in the Philippines on the way to go over and, by the way, fight yeah. the Russians in 1914, Absolutely. which is why the communists hated us later. If you ever worried, wondered why Russia hated us. Uh, History is written by the victor. Yeah. They'll never say anything well, like that's shame. Yeah, and edited by the victor. But that book actually, yeah, he exactly. goes through a one, and there are egregious examples all over the place of you know, here's a happy slave mm-hmm. statue, or this was actually a riot to kill the black voters, but it's a, it's now about the great black riot that was put down. You know, it's oh god, the statues that are going mm-hmm. down deserve to be go down, and to the people who think, um, oh my god, we'll forget history. I'd like to remind you that the entire Berlin Wall is down. No one forgot about that. You know, we -hmm. took a lot of statues of Lenin down in the mid-90s in Russia. They haven't forgotten him or Stalin. And a heck of a lot of statues went down in greater Germany for a guy named Hitler in the 40s. And for some reason, they haven't (laughs) forgotten about him either. So maybe it's not that losing the statue means we'll lose the history. It means we'll quit honoring things that aren't deserving yes. of being honored, maybe. Right. I mean, statues aren't just about remembering history. I mean, if, if, if that was the case, we'd have, you know, statues for, um, you know, the King George or whatever, just to remember who we were fighting. Not King George. King Yeah, King George. Yeah, I got it right. Who we were fighting against in uh, um, the Revolutionary War. And, and there's nothing like that around Um, Oh, yeah, you know, I think a fellow named Washington melted down a lead statue of him in New York to defend Brooklyn by making bullets out of it. You know, you just can't (laughs) stand these guys taking statues down. So, one thing, kind of going to shift gears a little bit here. One one final corollary, I'll pass it over to you. That being said, taking statues down are nice, but it'd be nicer if, say, maybe we'd quit shooting people because they're black. That's a little bit more important than yes. taking statues down. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I, as as someone who lives in in Louisville, um, and obviously, what happened here has been, um, you know, covered uh, in in most of the nation's press with Breonna Taylor. Um, yeah, and, Tammy and Rice the, is up you know, here for Cleveland. Yeah, and 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 if you go up to you know Minnesota, obviously George Floyd has probably been the the one that's gotten the most attention. But it's it's. Yeah. It's crazy that it's not the. I mean, I mean, you, you get all the ones that get the attention, but there's so many more that are oh, on that are just flying under the radar um, yep. that are the result of whether it's police brutality or, or other forms of racism. Um, you know, ones that 
Oh my God. It becomes over. It comes overwhelming to think about it, and, and comes like almost like, how can we defeat this? Yeah. If it's so ingrained in, in our in our systems. At the speeches downtown for Juneteenth, one of the local preachers put it. I mean, he was talking wonderfully, and then he raised. He reached in his pocket, and he lifted up a cell phone, and he said, "Thank God for the cell phone." Uh, but because oh, yeah. Yeah. TikTok. <laughs> the reason we're, Videos. I mean, the reason this is getting attention is that the video is so graphic. You can't just pretend yes. it's happening to someone far away and maybe they overstated yes. it. Uh, and, and, and it, as, uh, I guess I'll steal a cue from Lewis Black. He, he described something at one point. It's like, it was kind of like, you know, we lived, we were in a hotel and you knew that somewhere around people were fucking. Uh, but now they're like they're like two big dogs in front of you. They're just fucking right in the open. You can see all the problems, and even if you throw water on them, they don't stop. You know, mm-hmm. it's it. You can't pretend it's not happening anymore. There's none of that genteel. Exactly. Of, oh no, that that can't possibly happen. And here's the thing about humans: as much as some of us would prefer not to be fully human, the fact is that. Humans are really good at some things. Humans are also really, really bad at other things. And one of the things that humans are terrible at is embarrassment. If you can define the human condition in a word, it would be embarrassment. Nobody wants to have their their uh, shame, their filth, their sin, whatever you want to call it, out in the open. That's just something that all of us can understand on some level. But at the same time, as human beings, every single person on this planet not only has the capacity to, but it's honestly expected if we're to evolve again as a species, as a race, as creatures, etc. We have to move past this completely asinine, archaic way of thinking that The color of someone's skin makes them different. It's been talked about so many different times in so many different ways, but it's still a problem. And humans are really good at ingenuity. We're really good at invention, at progression, and and industrial senses and technology. We have got that down pat. But the one thing that humans suck at above all is treating our fellow man, woman, person human being as an equal this country was founded on the premise that all men all women all people are created equal yet where the fuck are we okay humans need to be better at that and to every single person who is listening to this podcast ladies and gentlemen i challenge you all of us do look inside yourself i am a white cis male straight man in society and i have the empathy i have the capacity to understand what's going on it breaks my heart daily i have cried more times than i can count watching the shit on the news everyone has the capacity to understand this if you are in denial if you are trying to avoid it get a grip you it is up to everyone and if you're not for it, you're against it, period. Like, there's well, no middle ground. And and to kind of go off of that, um, you, you know, obviously it is something that has been part of our history as far as racial strife and um, just humans fighting each other, going back to 
the days of the earliest days of recorded history. But yeah. that kind of hate is not something that we are born with. It's something right. that exactly. that we learn through our growing up, through the people we associate with, um, and through, uh, you know, a, a lot of it is a lot of it is coming from parents. A lot of it is coming from friends and people come around with. And that's kind of where I want to go with um, to touch on some of the unfortunate behaviors we've seen in the last month in the furry community, in the macro community. And I don't want to necessarily name names, um, but there have been a uh, a large amount of people that you wouldn't think of being capable of that hate that have whether it's behind closed doors or in front of you know or, or in public have um been expressing that um but before we continue i i just want to say one more thing sorry um i i just got pretty heated <laughs> um i i don't want to sound like i'm just lashing out and that i'm i'm just speaking harsh words this is coming from a place of, of hurt of, of anger because i'm legitimately angry at everything that's going on and the professionalism slipped a little bit but it's because i love everybody dearly and i, I just wanted to say that before we continued <laughs> because i was starting to like <laughs> kind of drown a little bit um so it's it's just because i care so much about everybody and it's, it's serious so well and that's where and that's kind of something i want to i want to you know discuss here too in how because it's a question I, I have how do you deal with people that are among your friends group or people that you may have looked up to when mm -hmm. you see them spreading that hate or that indifference maybe if yeah. it's if it's not outright hate um it's hard it you know, how, how do you address it personally how do you deal with it in the community that kind of thing it depends right. i i i uh, i'll talk yeah I, I i know what you're saying here so i well i grew up i grew up in a fairly racist environment and i have family mm -hmm. members and I learned a long time ago you're not going to be able to argue with everyone or or frankly right. have the empathy and caring required to sit there and work on change anyone. It's hard enough to work on someone who doesn't want to hear it. Uh, it it's hard it, enough to work on it's yourself sometimes. It's almost impossible. Uh, and even if someone does hear it, it's a long drag. And yes, you're always working on yourself. And so mm -hmm. what I will say is, first of all, when something like that happens, it's not your responsibility to fix the other person. You morally are not responsible for them. Now, if you care enough mm -hmm. and you want to, and you can go after them, good. Uh, or you can also sometimes let them know and say, hey, this isn't cool. Awareness is huge. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, because people do have to have some way to learn, you know. Uh, a great example of mm -hmm. that is... If you go back and look at a lot of old furry art, there is a lot of stuff that is, frankly, Native American appropriation. And mm -hmm. it wasn't until people 
who are Native American and who are furry and who care enough to say, hey, stop this, um, mm-hmm. made me think about that. Now, now to, to, to credit, you know, they didn't, they, they weren't happy, but it made me think, I got to think, I got the privilege of being told and to think, and I've, right. it changed my it's mind. So, you know, it is a mm-hmm. self-examination thing, but I'm going to say, because there's also, there's a group of people that, that are like, we need to stop the call out culture. I've I've heard variations on this. <laughs> right. I hate no, I hate call out culture, and, and and what I can back up on that and say is, when elections get you nowhere, when legality mm-hmm. gets you nowhere, the only dynamic by which you have to change the community, to improve the community, and to protect yourself is social. So we don't have in furry fandom yep, any yep. final arbiters of who is a furry because there's no there's you know it's not like star trek fandom you can't ask spock to come down and say you're not a real <laughs> the fan. gray muzzles there's and the gray muzzles are no more a fan than the young kid that just found a cool right. piece of art so mm-hmm. it's the the social dynamics of people choosing to exclude people or include people to make heroes out of some people or to tell other people to get the hell off the stage is kind of mm-hmm. how furry works. Now, you can do your best to push that in what is a socially just line. But at the end of the mm-hmm. day, there are some people I say say something. You know, I follow all kinds of folks on social media. says, oh, this guy's interesting or whatever. And then, for example, I was following someone and they said something like, you know, uh, no women in, in engineering is kind of like not having short people in the NBA. The field is self-selecting. And that was an unfollow. <sighs> I'm not going to go yeah. argue with the oh guy. Gosh. I'm not going to go argue with the guy because I don't want to deal with a piece of shit comment like that or a person who might actually think mm-hmm. it. I might go out of my way for a relative, like, say, my nephew, who I've had complete bomb-out arguments with over the fact that he's turning into a little white supremacist and straightened his ass out a couple times. Mm-hmm. But some person on the internet? Yeah. No. And it really hurts right. when it's someone you look up to. And... And it really hurts when it's someone mm-hmm. that does something you like. You love their art or anything else. I mean, you can look at J.K. Rowling. It's a great example to reach out to the fandom. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah, that's a good example. And there's there's people saying, well, you can separate the story from the art. It's not really. And I, I'm mm-hmm. going to be kind of a bit of a radical in this. I'm going to say you can't separate the artist from the story. You can contextualize the artist. You know, if I go read something by writing by, I don't know, um, who's the guy that wrote all the creepy stuff about Cthulhu? You know, Lovecraft. 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 Yeah, he, Lovecraft. By his times, he was a screaming racist. You know, his entire books yeah. are nothing but about the poisoning of race. But, you know, he is in his mm-hmm. time. Uh, but if you come up to, you know, let's look at J.K. Rowling. Okay, I'll separate the books. It says, wait a minute. No. J.K. Rowling is someone who is an anti-Semitic. And, uh, and you go look uh, in her books, and there's a race of goblins that is oppressed, mm-hmm. but... They have all the gold, and they kind of control all of the financial society. Yeah, that's I can't separate that from someone who is anti-Semitic. And I and you look at things like, you know, there's stuff in there. She said some stuff that's a little questionable about race. And you start to look at things of like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, we have a happy slave that even when the happy slave ceases to be a slave, still is a slave because they enjoy doing it. 
And isn't right. that nice? Right. You know, you very... No. If you take the lens of looking at what they've said out loud and looking at how they portray them, you start to go, oh, um, uh, yeah, maybe I, maybe I don't want to deal with this as much. So uh, I'm one of the people that's yeah. like, if you turn out to be a piece of shit, I don't care how nice your art is. I don't care, you know? It's... I'm not interested in racist. No, I'm not, important thing I'm is, not interested in anti-Semitic folks. I'm not interested. Right. And the important thing is they can change. They can change. Well, and that's what, what the question I was about to ask is how... So when someone gets called out um, and makes a public apology, how much credence do you get for that? How much do you trust that their apology is coming from the heart and yeah. not... Because they got called out, and because they're they're doing a PR move. An first of all, it has to be an apology. Uh, an yeah, apology needs to yeah. identify a what the action was, b that they were responsible for it, and c yes, that they intend to change huge. it. The time you see exactly. someone say something like "I'm sorry that made you angry," that's gaslighting. Mm -hmm. That's not an apology. Yeah. Or I'm sorry mm -hmm. I got and caught, like, which was uh, basically Brock, Brock yeah. Samson, Brock, what's his name's the the rapist Brock Turner. Uh, that was sort of what he said on the stand. Um, can people come back from it? Yes, their actions are there. And by the mm -hmm. way, just because you apologize and just because you amend your actions doesn't mean everyone gets has to forgive you. People are welcome right, to be true. angry at you the rest of your life over something, right. and you're going to have to be the adult yeah. and deal with it. Now we've we've yeah, had everyone makes mistakes. We've had example of people who've made mistakes and get better. They're usually small mistakes, but hmm. uh, I I th and you got to read the goddamn room too. You know I I think yep. if you make a really egregious mistake, if you are outed as a complete racist bastard in private chats. It's going to be a while for people mm -hmm. to trust you again. Now, uh, a great example of that was there was a backroom discussion that happened for Indy Furcon uh, where folks are basically saying right after the RMFC debacle uh, where the con got canceled, they said, well, we have Nazis at our con, but they haven't done it. It was They said KKK members, not Nazis. Yeah, okay, okay, fine. I, I'm sorry. I mentally bucket them all in the same crappy bucket. Yeah. Yeah. What's the difference? Now? Well, well, I mean, the big difference to me is that the KKK is an active terrorist organization. So to me, that's not it's like saying yeah. like Nazi is a political um, yeah, ideology. Yeah, Nazi is a political, political ideology. ideology. Yeah, yeah, but the KKK yeah. is like, so it's like to me that's the same thing as saying, oh, we have Al Qaeda members that come to our con. Yeah. So, uh, like, but the, it, to, to to follow up, if you read recently Pandez's, uh, who is the the con chair now, his response to that was actually mm -hmm. a very great example of how you I handle that situation so number one he said hey this wasn't the current staff this is an older chat number two of course it's horrendous mm -hmm. and wrong number three he added perspective for some of the context that was not in the chat L literally that they were right. lamenting that until someone did something wrong at the con they couldn't ban them which uh, i'm going to put an asterisk next to that i'll come back uh and, and then <laughs> and that was very well handled so you finally kind of get a Okay, you guys get a pass. Indy Furcon is a good example of someone that is, as a group that has done some things bad that is kind of working their way back. Yeah. But I'm still on I think the that's fence. why they don't get a pass with me because they have, mm -hmm. it, it's not just one thing. There's a history there. But, yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and to go back on the. But it's it's starting to come around. Go, I, they're going in the right direction, but I'm wait and see. Right. Uh, 
the, yeah. the asterisk I put on there, and I've heard this before, is, is uh, conventions and people, and I've had this argument when I was working conventions, <clears throat> don't want to ban someone until they've done something wrong. They don't want to be the great yeah. arbiter of background checks on everyone. And I said, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that's nice. But if the presence of someone is so inflammatory that you know it's going to yeah. ruin the event, you ban them. It, you know, it, there, there is there mm-hmm. is a line there where yeah. someone is so egregious that you don't need to wait for them to have a problem. And I mean, we and saw the, we the, saw the, it last general, MFF with uh, Milo, you know, whatever his that, name is, that Milo um, Yapalalas, yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's a great. That, ex- that, that is a great example. They don't. And also, by the way, conventions are private organizations. They don't have to let anyone in. Absolutely, right. Know. Conventions are meant. That, like, why are conventions hosted? You can just ask yourself that question. Why do conventions exist? So that people, a large group of people, can come together and have a good time. Okay. With that spirit in mind, why the hell would you throw a bomb? into that yeah and make a majority of those people upset well well because some people no just just live to make other people upset i mean yeah that's know. true yeah someone like antithesis. milo you, you, whatever is 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 there primarily just to be a troll and to and to piss right. off as many people as it can and and right but with conventions it's almost it's not a hard um well, it's not it's a larger stone, it's a larger symptom of people want to go well they didn't break a rule people don't want to be the bad person right. But, and to say, look, the very founding document of the convention says to provide a foster, you know, you have to fill out this mission statement right. when you file for a 501c3. And it's like to foster an educational environment <laughs> for anthropomorphics and the enjoyment wherein. I'm like, there's your rule. They're going to ruin that. They don't need to be here. You know? <laughs> yeah. And conventions as a whole, they're meant to be enriching, not degrading, not demeaning. And it's the antithesis of what a furry convention I mean, any convention is really because conventions aren't hosted with the expectation that they're going to bomb, that they're going to flop, well, that people are going to be upset. There's going to be a fire, etc. Maybe basement con. It, <laughs> well, they're, they're meant to be when they're planned and when they're organized. People put their hearts and soul, blood, sweat, and tears into making sure that things run smoothly. Yeah. So having something like that thrown into the mix is the antithesis of what a con is, in my opinion. And and. I mean, uh, the cons really are what furry is, because it's the great determiner of content. It's a huge, huge chunk of it, I would and say. I think, actually, like, that's why I liked, to, to back up just slightly, the Nazi for F, F off badges. Because yeah. the people who were alt-right, alt-Nazi, whatever you want to call them, uh, th- those folks were using a lot of social media techniques to amplify their signal to make them seem much larger. Uh, and they were doing it through mm-hmm. things like symbology, like armbands. And those yep. those badges are in the same channel. It pollutes their channel of, of here is something symbolic we're allowed to wear. And it got to show them that the vast majority of fandom didn't care for them. And uh, yeah. that was surprisingly it's, it's like any chat. effective. And I'm kind of wondering right now yeah. how much... The kickback I see on Black Lives Matter, of course, you know, you get bot that's, hello, first name, followed by six numbers on Twitter. I'm sure your opinion is not at all going to be unreasonable. (laughs) The old egg icon before they Twitter got rid of that? Yeah, I I wonder how many many of those, how much of the the kickback we're seeing on Black Lives Matter, within the fandom and without it, is just people 
uh, trying to amplify and shitstorm their views as best they can. Yeah. Uh, and so, so I uh, I want to. Sorry. Oh, that's all I had. Um, Go for it. Okay, I, I want to bring things back uh, a little bit to something that we talked about earlier on in, in the in the cast um, when it comes to nurture. I have news for people who think that nurture can't change again. Nurture is constantly happening on an, on a daily basis. Every second of every day, the things, the stimuli, the processing that you have in your brain to process what's going on, that's nurture. It lasts your entire life. I was born into a household that was Christian, that is very conservative and very right, right-wing, etc., and when I moved out, I, d- I learned for myself. I was, I was raised a very specific way to believe certain things, and I am still a Christian, but something that I have noticed uh, about, uh, I mean, you could say stereotypical Christian culture in America, you know, white Christian culture, is that it's a lot like the Pharisees and Sadducees of the old times where they just use religion to make themselves feel good or to have social status or wealth, etc. And yeah, it's been like that for a while, but with the dichotomy or with the contrast between the Black Lives Matter movement and my Christian upbringing, I've thought about that a lot. And it doesn't matter how you were raised. It doesn't matter anything that has happened before if you're racist now, if you have certain thoughts about you know, black people now or anything like that, it can change. And Christians as a whole, if there are any Christian friends listening to this, I challenge you, if you have views that are more right-wing or more off to the right and you're against uh, Antifa, against Black Lives Matter, etc., think about, you know, think about what Jesus said when he came. To love all people, the one sheep, when there's 99, he goes off and seeks the one. The one is in danger right now. You have to live it. And it's not just a, you know, Christianity is not the only example. Any walk that you have, any anything that you consider a core value to yourself, to, to your person, can be applied in this sense. Human rights is not something that is wrong. Period. End of story. There is, there is nothing wrong with human rights, with the expectation that every single person has rights that are that they should have. That that is not a new concept, yet it seems like it. We need to solidify it. And all of this stuff that's happening is the springboard towards that. I have a lot of uh well, I I do consider them still friends because I, I don't give up on people very easy, but there are some, some friends that I have that are right, right-wing or right-minded or close-minded, etc., that I have had lengthy discussions with them about these things, um, challenging not only their faith, if they're a Christian, but just how they think and how they process things. And I've, I've put them face-to-face with the human rights um concept and the philosophy and on what it is and i've i've asked them straight up do you believe that this person or this you know this person in this group is less because of this when you strip all of the labels when you strip 
all of the uh, glitter or whatever, all of the titles, etc., and you just get down to that core concept. Should one human be valued over another? It's very simple. So at the core of the Black Lives Matter movement, at the core of trans rights, at the core of all human rights, is that concept. And we should not be fighting it. It's something that should just be. <laughs> then that's what we're fighting for. Like, the three of us, everyone who supports the Black Lives Matter movement, and beyond, that's what we're fighting for. We're not trying to put something above something else. It is just the concept that humans are valuable, are priceless. Every single human life has value. And representation is important. And that's what it's all about. Okay. And I think on that note, that's about as well said as it could be. And uh, I think we can go ahead and... Is there anything else you guys wanted to say on this before we move on? Well, I think he, I think I mean, he hit it on the head more, by but... telling you to be a... <laughs> yeah. Telling you to be a table flipping Jesus, not one of the priests that was selling shit. Yes. Yeah, I was I was gonna bring yes. up that that uh, flip situation. the tables, yeah. please. Yes, flip, but, the, uh, flip the tables and use a bullwhip to run the people out. That's that's another good line. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but obviously I will flip, we. I will turn this planet around. <laughs> so help me. Yeah. Obviously, we could go on and talk and talk and more about this, but uh, it is an important topic. There are resources out there for you to educate yourselves if you need to um, about what the you know the protests available to you uh, or the um you know different ways that you can help um people within the mm -hmm. community so I encourage you to go out there and uh grab hold of those and yes, yes. for now we can move on to macro madness uh, macro madness. Yeah, let's go ahead. The best and do that. segue and, in the world. And then we then we can transfer over after that to do an artist talk because I'd like. To Actually, talk you know what? No, let's do the artist spotlight first because it is one of the things artist that spotlight. normally we normally we do the macro madness first. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. but I think it's more appropriate to, so, this time to do the, the artist spotlight first. I just I, wanna, I, I know I we've already covered him, so he's not going to be the guy that I'm going to bring up, and so I'll bring him up ahead of we talk about folks. But literally, macro furry would not period, end of story, exist <laughs> without yep. Ken Sample. Uh, and a large yes. portion Love of you, the quality of fandom would not exist. Mm -hmm. uh, we wouldn't have the style of pause that we have without Ken Sample. Well, are you kidding and me? And even that, you know, there are people like Mark Volino, Cy uh, Sable, uh, who will stand out and say, hey, I helped yeah, start yeah. this fandom. But, you know, half of the books and materials that were sold and illustrated had ken's artwork in them you can go look at the yeah. the other son's video game that was printed in what 85 is all his artwork and mm -hmm. he and macro he he owned it up and down in and out he's created so many other i still want to hug that man uh and so ken i want to hug that cougar so ken uh thank you very much for all you've done yes uh, if you're a macrophile you should absolutely be, if you should be on his patreon it supports him where he lives mm -hmm. and where he works uh he occasionally is he's getting older so he occasionally has medical issues and the patreon helps him so yeah. you know just throw a couple bucks at him you get some amazing artwork out of him on a regular basis ken we all love you and that being said okay but you said that's that's not your your no, artist spotlight because so you're basically ken, i'm sorry too? i ken just was like episode one or two i'm sorry if you guys want to go first that's fine i i want to just leap in in front of before anyone went uh <laughs> okay. i mean that's fair that's okay fair. I'll, so 
So uh, I'll transition then. I, I, we had a little bit of discussion ahead of this because we're going to spend so much talking about Black Lives Matter. Uh, and that I mentioned Ken, mm -hmm. is we wanted to mention artists of color in the fandom uh, and, and yes. choose them this go around and for, forever and ever. I mean, my God, the ISO standard picture of my character was drawn by Ken Sample and, uh, mm -hmm. and right behind it, the best picture I have of my character <laughs> and my wife as a couple. And it's the cutest thing in the world. Uh, if, so my, my wife is Sue Deer. Benny is painting stripes on her as they're kind of laying Aww. and cuddling together. It's it's a beautiful picture. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's by um, Max Blackrabbit, uh, who is another amazing, beyond talented artist in the fandom. Mm -hmm. He is an art machine. Absolutely. Uh, another person commissioner, mm -hmm. just look at their art or get on their Patreon and it'll just be this stream of high quality art. Um, just I, I'm not even gonna bother to give links because he's all over the place. Just look up Max Blackrabbit and he's so <laughs> popular, you'll hit his art. Uh, and, and it's wonderful. Of course, uh, uh, he, he created the character Zigzag, which is one of his lead characters, which is a, a sex-positive character that came from a broken home. Uh, and so the stories mm -hmm. in and around behind that are, are, are wonderful as well. And it's all playful and it's all lewd. Uh, and so you'll have a good time. Yeah. And I better stop Hell and yeah. give other people time to talk about their artists. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Quan, uh, would you like to go next? Sure. So I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Neo um, on Twitter. It's at Neo X I I I. I guess 13 in Roman 13. numerals. Um, for affinity, it's just for affinity.net slash user slash Neo. Um, but I followed him for it seems like forever now uh, within the fandom. And yeah, he's a furry uh, of color. Lives in the UK. I think they're originally from Germany, somewhere in Europe. Um, is it Deutschland? Yeah, but uh, his art style is just super uh, cartoony, but also um, fun. And oh, I mean, I guess cartoons are fun. Um, does a lot of muscle art, but cartoons also macro fun. art. And uh, what, what are you laughing at? I said cartoons aren't fun. That, I didn't. Oh, okay. Well, um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so I just you know I, I love the style of his. Uh, characters they really have some um some joy to them some 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 yeah joie de vivre to use a not english or some german je ne sais quoi um, I don't, yeah um so <laughs> yeah that's who i want to spotlight on what about you kinson epic so the person that i want to spotlight is someone who i've been friends with um for close to a decade at this point uh, in fact She's one of the first furries I ever met in person, and that would be Iko. Uh, I-K-O. Um, she is a wonderful artist, uh, fur affinity uh, user, uh, Iko, I-K-O. Um, she's a sweetheart. She is a mama bear, essentially, even though she is a sheep. Technically, her character is a sheep. Um, but she's, she's an absolute sweetheart. She was there for me for times that were, were hard and I was there for her etc in, in those times but if you talk to her if you do business with her she is wonderful and she has gotten so much better as an artist and she deserves all the love and support um, and she also does macro work as well which is actually quite good so I mean of course it's good but uh, she definitely does it and I recommend her 100% nice 
Oh, yeah, I'm the host. Okay, so... Yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, dead air, dead air! No. Um, <laughs> all right, so I'm glad we were able to spotlight all of those great artists. Um, and... Give them your love. What? I said, give them your yes. love. And all to all the artists of color out there, I do hope to uh, stay strong yes. and, and be, uh, um, you know, you know that you're loved and you're valued from the fandom. Um, Absolutely. And we can't give all y'all attention, but... We, you know, but you are. I can hug the world all at once. Yeah. Well, I believe that depends. No. Um, I'm on it. All right. So next on our macro madness this. matchup, yeah. right? Bam, bam, bam. Do, do we have a theme for this? Are you going to punch something in, or is it just going to be? May I ask you if we have bam, a theme? Bam, bam, bam. We don't usually bam, have bam, themes now. <laughs> I am um, John Cena. Well, I, that's I believe I on the last I mean. one. We had the uh, contest between Kronos from the God of War, who was gigantic Kronos. and heckin' big, to the mm-hmm. Cloverfield fight, monster, though. which was also city big. Uh, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I actually who would win I in a fight, and, a deity or one I, goopy I voted boy? And I didn't look, do, do guys. I didn't look until just now. Oh, we, we have a problem. We have a problem. <laughs> we have a problem. It's this just in. It's fifty-fifty. Oh. Oh, God. Oh, no. What do we do? <laughs> Wait, I have a D20. I have a D20 here. We could do odds evens. Okay, so who's going to be odds? Uh, Kronos. I say, well, Kronos is odds and Cloverfield is evens. Okay, go for it. Is this what we're going right, to say? Go. Is, is In case of ties, we just roll a D20? I guess. I don't know. Here we go. It's my go Dungeon Master's it. Instinct kicking in. Okay. Natural one. Kronos wins. All right. Yay. Okay. Oh my gosh. So so the bigger one won. That's that's a surprise. <laughs> He's number one is what that dice is trying to say. Yes. Wow. I, I'm actually kinda I, I I don't have I have to ask a question. Hmm. Did either of you where are you are did they was it on syndication? Did you ever watch Super Friends? Oh my gosh, yes. I know of it, but... I, I love Super it. Friends. Okay, so our first competitor a is while. Apache Chief from Super Friends. Oh, oh gosh. Okay, so so it's like, I'm glad that that's like still a known thing. Somewhere. No, yeah, what, I know, I know Apache Chief. Was it, was it, was it Ine Chook? Oh my god, yeah, was that like it? That. I'm just sitting here thinking, realize, oh, I, I'm going to cuss at the random generator. Here we are talking about race, Black Lives Matters, and not appropriating Native American. It just came up with a package. Uh, oh my Disclaimer, let it be known that the software we're using is, is, you know, third party. We're not affiliated in any way. Well, the competitor in the other (laughs) corner is a furry near and dear to some furries' hearts is Clifford the Big Red Dog. Yay! That's an interesting matchup. (laughs) Clifford, Clifford is amazing. I, I grew up with both of them, so I don't know who who I would pick. I, I, I mean, we don't want to color the results, so you know, obviously. Yes. We, uh, please vote and and and. Uh, yes, the poll will be on Twitter at Size Matters Cast. Um, you can also email in at Size Matters po- Size Matters Podcast at gmail dot com um, if yes. you don't have Twitter for whatever reason. And uh, send us money on Patreon if we still have a Patreon. Do, do, do we? we do we ever get one? I set one up. <laughs> Never did anything with it. You were amazing. You watch. We'll end up doing video streams on Twitch so people can look We're at clips best. from these things as we talk Hello. about them. 
You know, I kept. Oh, well, that 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 sounds like that requires a lot more work. Um, hey, but we can do. I, 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 you're what? Twitch streaming. You've got half the work done. Yeah, but like like prep work as far as like getting video clips ready before. As far as like, uh, I don't any know. Talented we'll talk about that off the air. There who want to animate? Our Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do that in next one. I don't know. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> vote for your. Uh, what do you think? Uh, the Apache chief would win. Yes. <laughs> I, I thought of Ine Chuck. I'm like, that's not his name. Um, but yeah, Apache chief. Or if you think Clifford the Big Red Dog would win oh, in a man. battle. That's, <laughs> that doesn't sound like a battle. That's, yeah, they, they seem like they'd be on the same side. Um, but yeah. yeah, do that at Size Matters Cast on Twitter or Size Matters Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, mm-hmm. Email in also or tweet, tweet at us if you have any other things you'd like us to discuss um, or talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you totally. And on know that, that note, you totally know they'd be friends. Ah, wait, I can't yeah. color it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if anything, so there's going to be a secret fest. third choice that's so going to be like who's, uh, who's going to win the cuddle fest? A reaper from Mass Effect. Wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the Undertaker. No, wait. Uh, yeah, he retired. He retired. What? The Undertaker retired from WWE, but that's a topic for another time. Oh and another gosh. podcast, not this one. Okay, yeah, this so one. on we that do... note, it's time to say goodbye to all our family. Goodbye to all those big and small. K-W-A-N-D-R-Y. And big paws. Good night. Good night. See you later. Sleep tight. Thanks for listening. Stand for meters high Scrape my head on the beams most night I don't mean to whine But maybe this has gotten out of hand I can't stand up in here Okay, let's go. Oh yeah, I didn't cue up the hey. music. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> cut. What? What was that? You interrupted my hey. All right. Should this should become a thing, right? Quiet on the set. I grew my old apartment. Did I outgrow my friends? Seems I don't fit most venues. Oh, how could I pretend I'm not too big to know you when all the faces start to blend?
Three, two, one. Go. Wah. Wah. No one, no one did it with me. I did Roar. it with you. Okay, uh, try again and we all make noise on the three, two, one countdown. Okay. Three, two, two one. Wah. Wah.